This is The Mudroom, on Common Sense Parenting Classes with Alana Robinson, parenting effectiveness coach and child behavior strategist. Weekly nuggets of developmentally appropriate parenting wisdom to help you parent your toddlers and preschoolers more effectively with less effort. The Mudroom is recorded live on Facebook every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Pacific. Now, here's Alana. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Mudroom, our weekly free and live Uncommon Sense Parenting class. How is everyone doing? Second week back after the holidays. I'm still having a bit of a tough time adjusting back to routine. (laughs) So let's chat about the very thing that was most likely lacking over the holidays. Consistency! We all know that consistency is the key. And if you don't know, you're new around here and that's okay. We're going to loop you in here. I have talked about consistency in past episodes. I mentioned it just last week at the end there, but I've never really made the topic of consistency the star of the show. So I think we're long overdue because if consistency is the key, well, then it's important enough to be our main focus, right? All right, let's get into it. In general, I subscribe to the law of you can only have Two, there are lots of versions of this law. There's the student version, you can only have two, sleep, good grades, or social life, pick two. There's the business version, good, fast, cheap, pick two. My single friend recently introduced me to the dating version, (laughs) good looking, employed, emotionally stable, pick two, you can't have all three. The food version, tasty, cheap, or good for you. The mom version, clean house, happy kids, your sanity, pick two. (laughs) And then there's the behavior modification one, quality, speed, and effort. You can make a good quality, lasting behavior change quickly, but it's going to take a lot of effort. You can make a quick behavior change easily, but it's generally not going to be a durable solution. You can make a durable behavior change without putting much effort into it, but it's going to take a long time to accomplish. The rule of pick two. Consistency, however, is the exception to that rule. It is the one thing that anyone can do that takes effect really quickly. It doesn't take a whole lot of effort and it makes a really durable change. Hey, Sarah Lynn. Thanks for being here. Okay, so often just about any kind of parenting technique will work if there's consistency. That is why you hear parents who swear by behavior charts and token economies and even corporal punishment. Because sure, anything will work with enough consistency. And by work, I mean produce outwardly you know, compliant, respectful, well-behaved children. The typical definition of well-behaved. The problem with these things like behavior charts, spankings, token economies, timeouts, etc., are that they require a lot of external consistency to function. Whenever I'm choosing parenting techniques to teach, one of the tests that I make it pass through is that is it only going to work if I'm there to enforce it? Or 
Is it going to require me to get it up and running? But once it is, either the child can take it on themselves or it's pretty much self-reinforcing. And those are the winning strategies because they don't require us to be externally consistent. Now that's not the only test I put it through. I also worry about like developmentally appropriateness, respectfulness, neurologically doesn't make sense, and a bunch of other stuff. But if it doesn't pass the consistency test, it's really not worth teaching. So why is consistency so important? What makes that the key? And the reason, as we talked about last week, is that consistency equals safety. Plain and simple. Everybody has what are called mirror neurons in our brain. So these neurons are the reason that yawning is contagious. If I busted out a yawn now, y'all would probably have to yawn too. Mirror neurons are all throughout our brain and they only fire when we perceive an act to have intention behind it, when we can perceive its purpose and we can predict it. So like if we see someone randomly flailing around, our mirror neurons aren't gonna fire. But if we're outside and we see someone swatting a bug, we'll automatically become aware of the bugs around us and start swatting at them even if the second before we weren't bothered by the insects. So these neurons use context and perceived intention to help us figure out what's coming next, what's happening around us on an instinctual level. So basically, that means that when children can predict the outcome of an event, they don't actively have to think about it. And when they don't have to actively think about it, they use less energy and they just do what they need to do automatically. The more energy we have in our tank at any given time, the better we can self-regulate, the more available our thinking, analytical, rational parts of our brain are, the better our behavior. The less consistency, the more we have to actively use our awareness to think about what's going on around us and keep ourselves safe, which takes way more energy. And the faster we become tired and hyper-aroused, and when we're hyper-aroused or stressed, our brain shuts down the thinking, analytical, rational part of our brain to conserve energy so that our downstairs brain areas have the energy to keep us safe from threat, just like we talked about last week. So when our kids can predict actions and events, they behave better for longer. When inconsistency creeps in, like over the holidays, when events and actions happen that happen at literally no other time of the year, we're going to parties and staying up late and we have to wait in line and wear fancy clothes and all these people that we don't see often show up and try and put expectations on us that we've probably never had put on us before. It sucks up our energy much quicker. Their good behavior is going to last a much shorter period of time. And that's when you end up walking out of the company party with your four-year-old slung over your shoulder like a sack of potatoes while they scream in your ear. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. So that is why strategies like natural and logical consequences and the logical consequence process, planned ignoring, executive skill reinforcement, social stories, visual communication, and self-reg work so well because it teaches children the real purpose behind actions. Not made up ones that teach a lesson, but don't actually exist in real life. Once they begin to predict outcomes 
they become self-reinforcing and you don't have to be hovering over them, actively controlling them anymore. I'm not saying that being consistent doesn't take effort, you know, that you can just totally set it and forget it, but it does eventually allow you to back off much more than you otherwise would be able to. This is also why when a child is going through a large life shift, like a new sibling or a move or starting school or a divorce or losing a significant adult in their life, I always advise parents to just dial up the consistency quotient a little bit. Life transitions are by their very nature inconsistent. (laughs) Something big is changing. So if you can make other aspects of their life more consistent and predictable, it frees them up to devote their energy to learning the new order of the new thing. This goes for developmental leaps too. Nothing may have changed from your perspective, but your child literally went to sleep with one view and understanding of the world and woke up with all these new possibilities they weren't aware of the night before. So when you can see that your child is going through a leap, that's another good time to dial up the consistency a bit. Once they simmer down, you can dial it back down to normal again. And I'm not saying that you can never do anything out of routine or try new things. Not at all. But flexible thinking, set shifting, problem solving, those are executive functioning skills. They live in your prefrontal cortex, that rational thinking, analytical part of the brain I was talking about. Your child cannot be flexible when they don't feel safe because that downstairs brain is using up all the resources to keep them safe. So absolutely be flexible, but don't throw everything out at once. When you know your child is going to have to be flexible, try and keep other aspects of their life consistent. Even in the flexibility, keep your expectations consistent, keep your reactions consistent. Consistency doesn't mean structure or schedule. When I say be consistent, I don't mean that you have to like turn into a robot and operate by the clock. You just have to keep the rest of your expectations consistent. So I'll give you an example of consistency coexisting with flexibility. Over the holidays, we were at my parents' house and we had Christmas dinner at my brother and sister-in-law's. So we had a bunch of inconsistency going on because not only were we out of our home environment, but we were also in a brand new one. They just bought their first house and this was the first time that we had ever been there. So the sister-in-law's family was also around. There was a bunch of people that we don't see often that were there too. And it was Christmas. So we were doing a bunch of stuff like unwrapping presents and eating in a large group and having appetizers and such that we wouldn't generally do. And that was fine. But we maintained our expectations. So like my sister-in-law's brother is like 20 <laughs> and he has all this energy and he was running around and wrestling and fighting with the boys, which was awesome. But our expectations about how they handle themselves during that kind of play was maintained. Everyone has to agree to the rules before you start. Everyone has to agree to stop when someone says stop. All that stuff that I talked about last year in the class on rough and tumble play, right? Another rule is we don't antagonize the dogs. There were three dogs there and they were all like up in everybody's grill and they wanted to like, you know, pull the dog's tail and be a little rougher with the dogs. That's not something we would generally allow. So we didn't allow it in this context either. 
Mealtime expectations stayed the same. They had to sit at their seat, but they didn't have to eat. We helped them serve themselves from all the food that was available, all that good stuff. We maintained normal expectations, even though their environment and the events happening were new. We didn't allow my sister-in-law to say, oh, you know, it's okay when my two-year-old spilled his juice box all over the floor. We still made him clean it up because that's the expectation and removing it would have actually been far more distressing than giving him a towel and maintaining it. I had like my little visual schedule and my little first then board that I like keep in my purse. And I just use that to kind of let them know the order of events, even though most of it was happening on the fly and they were events that we never do. So it was a completely flexible day, but I used my tools to keep it consistent as possible in the aspects that I could control. So I'm not saying that you need to be inflexible or that you have to have the exact same schedule every day. But when it comes to expectations and how you respond to your children, how you communicate with them and how you prepare them for new events, consistency is the key to good behavior. It makes good behavior an easy habit. It removes as much energy expenditures as possible so that they can use it when it counts. Just behaving. Consistency is the key. It is quick to implement. It doesn't take a lot of effort and it makes durable, lasting Good quality change. Hey, Madeline. Okay. So does that give you a better handle on why consistency is so important and how to stay consistent without being an automaton? I really appreciate you being here with me this evening. If you enjoyed this class, don't forget to go and grab my scripts for managing crazy making behavior if you haven't already, because I bet my boots if you found this class valuable, you'll find them helpful too. They're free and they are linked up in the description. Okay, I think that's it for me tonight. Have a great evening and I will see you next week for another Uncommon Sense Parenting class. Bye. You've been listening to The Mudroom, Uncommon Sense Parenting classes with Alana Robinson. If you like what you just heard, remember to join us every Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Pacific on Facebook. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, share, and connect with us on social. This has been an Alana Robinson Family Services production.